Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Father, we just enter into your presence today by the authority of Jesus' mighty name. We bless you, we praise you, we give you honor, and we give you glory in this sanctuary. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, he who is in us, moving through us, speaking to us, giving us direction and guidance. Thank you for a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in my life and in the lives of everyone here at World Harvest. Bless you, bless you, bless you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. God bless you. Give the Lord praise today. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Pastor Morgan, thank you for that unexpected introduction. <laughs> it's wonderful to be back in my church home away from home. Yes. Praise God. Uh, Thursday, let's see, no, Friday. Friday would have been my father's 102nd birthday. And uh, much to my amazement, uh, the, the Tulsa, Oklahoma newspapers uh, put out a huge spread uh, honoring his legacy. Uh, it was amazing, first of all, that a news outlet, a secular news outlet would do it, especially consider what they used to do. Uh, uh, it, was a, it, it, it was unbelievable uh, what they did. Uh, it's online, you can find it, but, but he would have been 102 years old on Thursday. And uh, let's see. No, Friday, I beg your pardon, Friday. And we were at, uh, uh, we were at the minister's conference in Fort Worth and uh, had a tremendous time. I got to close out the, the conference on Thursday night and we had a tremendous time and I thank God for it. There was a new level of anointing, something fresh in my life and I praise God for that. I must give you my wife's profoundest apologies. Uh, she is not with me. She had planned to be here. Uh, but uh, we had a, when, when the conference was over, we had a little family emergency. Anybody here ever had an emergency in your family? Put your hand up. Rest of you are lying. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, life is real. Amen. And things come against you. Now, everything's okay. Everything's all right. But at the last moment, she had to cancel out. But she is going to teach in the school by Skype. How many have heard of Skype? Two or three of you know of Skype. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so she'll be with me in Skype, and I've been, you know, thank God for technology. Amen. So, but she gives her apologies. She's watching live right now. Everybody wave to her. Hello, Lindsay. They're all waving at you, honey. She's watching live back at home, and I praise God for that. Uh, when the last time we were here was in October, and Lindsay was speaking at the women's conference, and if you, if you recall, I was with her, and um, uh, the next day, or actually that afternoon when she finished, we flew back home and the next morning I was headed to India. And I thought I might give you a little bit of an update. Uh, we had 1,100 pastors in Hyderabad uh, for three days. And then we had 1,100 pastors in Bangalore uh, for three days. And it was a tremendous, tremendous time. When I was in uh, Bangalore, Pastor Ronald showed up. In fact, I've got a picture of my preaching partner. Can you put that up? Uh, 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 let's see if they can put that up. There's my friend uh, Ronald, Pastor Ronald. <laughs> that was taken in Bangalore, just across the street where I was preaching. He was there on that bench waiting for me, and we had a wonderful time together. Um, India is heavy on my heart. God spoke to me and told me that I would minister to pastors in underdeveloped areas where there is virtually no internet, where they don't have any access. And they are in the villages, they are in the hills, they are in the mountains, uh, they are in the, the forests, the jungles we might say. And uh, some of the places where they are, there are no roads. You have to go in by bicycle or by motorcycle, you, there no, 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 no road, no highway. Uh, there are great attacks against those ministries from, uh, from people who are anti-gospel. 
and to, to bring 2,200 pastors together and have an opportunity to minister to them on healing, the Holy Spirit, and seed faith. Those are the three things that God dealt with me about. And that's what my father prophesied over me that I would be doing just before his death. He prophesied that, uh, that I would go into those nations uh, for underdeveloped nations pastors and to help them, to teach them on healing the Holy Spirit and seed faith. And now in the last two, I guess the last two years, almost three years now, beg your pardon, three years, I have, la I have laid hands on 4,000 Indian pastors in that nation. And I've taught them, I have anointed each one of them individually with oil, laid my hands on them and prayed and give them, given them a certificate of ordination. And there is a new law in the nation of India. And that is a very favorable law, as a matter of fact. If you have an ordination certificate, you can receive a monthly stipend from the government. Now, that is miraculous. And so each one of them received a, a diploma, as it will, a, a graduation certificate from those three days. And it was morning, noon, and night for three days. And I did all the, well, Pastor Ronald helped me, but we did a lot. And we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And one of the lead pastors told me that if you take each pastor individually, they would each touch a certain number of people during the next year. And if you added it all together, those pastors will impact two million people over the next year. So it's being exponentially multiplied. And I praise God for that. And I thank God. You all helped send me. And that's why I'm giving you this report. And Pastor Nancy, Pastor Morgan, all of you, thank you so much for all of your prayers and your faith going with me. And we had a tremendous time. From there, uh, we went on up to, I went to, uh, stopped in Singapore for a couple of days and then on to Dr. Cho's conference. Dr. Cho, of course, pastors the largest church in the world. A small venue, 800,000 people. And uh, uh, I, I got to minister there. Uh, I closed that conference out with a healing service. Just like we're going to have today. Amen. And we had a tremendous time with Dr. Cho. He's about 83 or 84 now. And still in health, still preaching. He preached four times while we were there and stood alone. Nobody had to hold him up. I mean, we, it, was, it was good. We had a wonderful time there. So I thought I would give you that report, uh, seeing as how I'm a member. And you need to know where your Holy Ghost evangelist is and what he is up to. And I praise God for that. As I said, we had a wonderful, wonderful week with Brother Copeland in Fort Worth. And he had asked me, this is I think the fourth or fifth year in a row that I have closed out the conference on Thursday night. And it was a tremendous time. Um, Brother Copeland preached a lot on the covenant. Yes. And I understand when he was here in your Holy Ghost meetings that he preached on the covenant. Yes. Um, I've never ever preached on the covenant in my entire life. And I woke up at six o'clock this morning and the Lord said, I want you to preach on the covenant. <laughs> Now, I didn't know that Brother Copeland had been talking about the covenant when he was here. I didn't know. All I know was I was in bed at 6 o'clock this morning. I awakened early because, you know, of the time change. And I woke, woke up early because the, I actually woke up before that. But the Lord said, I want you to preach on the covenant. I said, Lord, I don't have anything on the covenant. He said, well, how about if I give you something on the covenant? <laughs> Isn't it amazing what God will do? And I, I remember I was in Kenya and... Uh, the closing night of the crusade, there were 200,000 people. I've never seen a crowd like that in my life. And I walked out on the platform after having prepared and studied all day and the crowd, the police said 200,000 people. And I walked on the platform and the Lord said, do not preach what you have planned. And I said, thanks a lot. <laughs> and on the spot, he gave me another message. And he gave me a message this morning for you yeah. on the covenant. Open your Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 17. I wrote a few notes down. I didn't have any more time to write down any more notes than just a few. And it's hot off the wire, all right? 
It's fresh and it's hot off the wire. Praise God. This message, if I were to give it a title this morning, I would title it, He's the God of Your Covenant. Put put the word my in it and say it out loud with me. He's the God of my covenant. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's the God of my covenant. Now tell them He's the God of your covenant too. What is a covenant? A covenant is more than just a contract. It's a heaven and earth agreement. A divine commitment. God is always looking for someone to enter into covenant with. He tried to enter into a covenant. Well, did. He entered into a covenant with Adam and Eve. But they broke the covenant. And God once again looked for someone that he could enter into covenant with. Because he's a covenant God. We use the word covenant in our world today. They're covenants in in contracts and and things that are irreversible. And uh, and sometimes uh, uh, people don't keep the covenant that they made. Marriage is a covenant. Uh, Marriage is not always kept as a covenant. The promises, the vows that we make. I made a vow to Lindsay. We just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. I know I don't look nearly old enough to have been married 40 years. I was married when I was five years old, you understand. But God looked again for someone that he could make a covenant with. Covenant is God's natural initiative and response to human well-being, to human needs, to problems and predicaments. God's covenant is based on his eternal love according to his grace and his wisdom. And it includes his mercies, which are new every morning. It includes his favor God's unmerited favor, his compassion, his blessing, and his justice. Everyone says, give me justice. No, 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 no. Give me mercy. (laughs) I want mercy. I don't want justice. I want mercy. But there is another kind of justice that only God can give. Genesis chapter 17. uh, Read along with me. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. You know, perfection is a funny thing. Uh, we, uh, we, 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 we humans say, well, it's not possible that we could be perfect. Only one perfect one ever lived and they killed him at 33. And yet here is God speaking to Abram saying, be perfect. So if God says to Abram, be perfect, there must be an opportunity for you and for me to be perfect. Because this word in the Bible is not just for Abram, it's for you and it's for me. Every word, every stroke of the writer's pen was designed for you and for me. We've got to take the Bible personally. This is God's word to us. He said, be thou perfect and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Now remember, he's 99. At that moment, he he was 99. His wife was 89, okay? Get that into your mind. And then then go ahead and read on. Neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations I have made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. He's 99. And I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land where thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, 
Notice he's changed his name now. Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore, and thy seed after thee in their generations. God is always looking for someone to enter into covenant. And he looked for a man and he found a man who at that time was known as Abram living in Ur of the Chaldees. The area of the world that we know today as Iraq. Which is very, very much in the news today. This is like an article that could have been written in the newspaper today. He was from Iraq. His parents were idol worshipers. He came up in a godless nation. And we have nations all over the earth today that are godless nations. Some that are even near us. Godless nations. And God spoke to him. And for the purpose of this message, I'm going to call him Abraham, okay? God spoke to Abraham and said, get up, get your wife, whose name was also changed from Sarai to Sarah. Get your wife, get out on the highway and start traveling. And I'll tell you where you're going when you get there. Now, how would you respond to that? Get out there on the 15. You don't know whether to go north or whether to go south. You don't know if you're heading toward Canada or heading toward Mexico. And start traveling. And I'll show you where you're going when you get there. Most of us would say, God, could I use my GPS? But that's what happened. God said, get out and start, start going. Leave your family. Leave the idol worshipers. Leave those who are not going to be a part and will never want to be a part of my covenant. Leave that behind you and follow me. When I was a teenager, I was a rock and roll singer. I sang in nightclubs. I sang lead in, lead in a rock band. I was going to become a star and come and jam and jam, uh, jam it right down their throats. Because having been Oral Roberts' son, I was the butt end of every joke in school. And, and uh, you know, the kids would run up and lay their hands on me and yell, heal, and laugh. And, and I went through all that, and I was so tired of that, I decided I was going to get out of that. I wasn't going to be a minister. I would never go into the healing ministry, which had been prophesied over me since I was a boy. I was going to make my mark on the world. I was going to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> when a funny thing happened to me on the way to Las Vegas, I got saved. I got healed and, and was, was uh, released from the hospital where I was facing surgery. And God spoke to me and told me uh, what he had for me. Brother Copeland was uh, flying right seat on my dad's airplane at the time and had never met Kenneth. I'd never met Kenneth and Kenneth had never met me, but he knew about me. And God spoke to him about me and gave my father a prophetic word that Richard was coming home. And he wasn't talking about Tulsa. He was talking about home to his heavenly father. And within a year, I was on my face giving my heart to the Lord. And that night, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I entered into a covenant with God. Yeah. And every prophetic word spoken about me and the healing ministry has come to pass. Abraham turned away from that which was not of God and entered into a contract, a covenant with God. God said, I'm going to give you all the land from the Euphrates River to the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. Now you go on the map, that takes in all of Iraq. <laughs> that takes in part of Syria and Israel and, all, and, and what the area that the disputed land that they want to call Palestine, uh, it takes in all of that. And thank God, my friends, listen to me this morning. Thank God that once again, after many years, America is standing up for Israel. Yes. It's about time that somebody takes a stand for what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you bless Israel, I'll bless you. But if you curse Israel, I'll curse you. I don't want to be under a curse. How about you? I think one of the problems we've had historically in our country and why it seemed like for some period of time, it was almost like there was a curse on America. It's because we had turned our backs on the nation of Israel. Thank God. You know, do I agree with everything going on over there? I don't have to agree with everything going on over there. That's not my job. I'm not in management. I'm in sales. Hallelujah. I don't have to know everything. I don't have to agree with everything that somebody who's in the prime minister's office said. I don't have to agree with everything. But I got to support it. Yeah. 
With my prayers. The Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I do that every day of my life. I hope you do it as well. And I hope America continues to keep, keep its commitment. I was so thrilled when our embassy was moved from Tel Aviv back to Jerusalem. Because as far as I'm concerned, Jerusalem is the capital of the world. You know, you heard that story. The, the president has the red phone on his desk and the prime minister has a red phone on his desk. And the, uh, the president uh, is able to call heaven, you know, direct. And, and, uh, and the prime minister is able to call. But the president had to pay for his call. And, and in Israel, it's a local call. <laughs> but Abraham said, okay, God, I'll stay here. He was a stranger, the Bible says, in the land. God began to prosper him. And it wasn't long till his kinfolk kind of came along and joined his, his nephew Lot and others. And the family began to grow. And then they had a family squabble. Anybody here ever had a family argument? Anybody ever gotten into a squabble with a brother or a sister? I see heads nodding up and down. Anybody in a squabble right now? Uh, and Abraham and Lot decided that they weren't going to fight. Abraham said, Lot, you take the land you want, and I'll take the land that's left. And, they, and uh, Lot chose the well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, which didn't work out too well for them. His wife was a pillar of fire by night, but a pillar of salt by day. <laughs> you're slow, but you're worth waiting on. And uh, Abraham took the hard scrabble land on the hillside and God continued to prosper him. And God said to him, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you a son. Well, years passed and nothing happened. They're getting on up in age now, in the 70s now, in the 80s. And one day Sarah decided to get ahead of God. And she said to her husband, I want you to go into Hagar. She's young, she's beautiful, she's fruitful. Abraham prayed about it for about one second and said, hot dog Jesus. <laughs> they made a mistake. Got into trouble. And most of what's being faced in the world today, in that part of the world, is because of what happened. Yeah. And you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's where the jealousy comes from. That spirit. And Abraham missed it. But aren't you glad that God is the God of a second chance? Yes. Anybody here ever needed a second chance in your life? But you, have you needed a chance beyond that? You know, <laughs> don't, don't raise your feet. And God said, I'm going to give you a child. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. 99, 89, now 190. And suddenly Sarah falls pregnant. Can you imagine the look on the delivery room doctor's face when a 90-year-old woman comes in to have a baby? It must have been some day in that area. God said, I'm going to establish my covenant with you and with your seed, with your children, with your offspring. I'm going to establish it with you and with the next generation. Amen. And that's what the devil is after. He's after the next generation. When Moses came back to Egypt, he said to Pharaoh, let us go out into the wilderness to worship the Lord. And Pharaoh said, who's going with you? And Moses said, we're all going. Pharaoh said, no. You men can go, but you've got to leave your family behind. You've got to leave the next generation behind. And Moses said, we're all going or none of us are going. And the plagues just kept on coming. <laughs> Satan wants the next generation. If he can't get you, he wants your children. He wants your children's children. Satan wants the next generation generation. And God works generationally. He worked through Abraham. He worked through Isaac. He worked through Jacob. He worked through uh, Jacob as his name was changed to Israel and had 12 sons, including Joseph and on down 
the line. God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations and the generations to come because you, Abraham, will command your children. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is older, he will not depart from it. Yes, I ran away from God, but I came back to God when I was 19 years of age, six years ago. God transformed my life. There's a history here. And we've got to understand the Bible in its historical perspective as well as its spiritual perspective. We've got to understand that the covenant, the covenant right that we have is explicit, it's direct, it's proportional, and it's for you. And it's for me. And we can have a blood covenant according to the scriptures with God. We are entitled to everything that Abraham was entitled to. We are entitled to everything that Isaac, which was poured into him through Abraham, everything that he had, we have, in, we have entitled, we are entitled to. You remember in the Bible, there was a, there was a great famine and the, then Isaac faced a second famine and the first famine was mentioned. And Isaac wanted to run. He wanted to go to Egypt. He wanted to go to another place where he thought the grass was greener on the other side. But God said to him, no, Isaac, don't go to Egypt. Stay here and sow in this land. And I will bless you. And he reaped a hundredfold. Abraham was the first man to understand the basics of the covenant. That God was his God. But at that time, he didn't really know who God was. And he really didn't understand until he had an encounter of something that he lost. Four armies came in and kidnapped Lot and his kinfolk. And Abraham went after them and defeated the four kings and brought Lot and and the other family members back to Sodom. And he was met by the priest of Salem, whose name was Melchizedek. And Melchizedek came to him with bread and wine, which was a type of the Holy Communion that we celebrate today. And Melchizedek said to Abraham, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, and the one who delivers him from all of his enemies. And when Abraham understood for the first time that God was Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth, and the one who delivers him from all of his enemies, the Bible says he gave a tithe, a tenth of all that he had. And immediately the devil came in. Isn't it amazing when we sow how immediately the devil comes in to try to steal it? You sow your offering like we did a moment ago. You get home and you find out, oh my goodness, the insurance doesn't cover that. Your car breaks down. Somebody is sick and in the hospital. A payment is due. You thought you had a year. Now you've only got 30 days. The devil is trying to wreck everything that God is trying to do with you. The devil wants to wreck that covenant, and that's what happened to Abraham. So the king of Sodom came and tried to make a deal, and that's what the devil always does. He tries to make a deal. He tried to give him the spoils. He tried tried to get the world system, the world economic system back in him. Abraham said, no, I won't even take as much as a shoelace, lest you say you made Abraham rich. What he was saying was, God is my source. God's the source of my supply. God's the source of my salvation. God's the source of my healing. God's the source of my life. God's the source of my health. God's the source of my finances. I don't look to the man or woman in the White House. I don't look to the governor. Yes, I thank God for them, but but I don't look to them. They're not my source. My bank is not my source. My bank account is not my source. My job, my ministry is not my source. It's my seed. But it's not my source. God is my source. Say it with me. God is my source. Well, that was a profound thing for Abraham to say and do. But immediately fear hit him in the pit of the stomach. And the reason I know is because if you read on in the 15th chapter, the Lord came to him and said, Abraham, don't be afraid. Now, why would God say don't be afraid unless he was afraid? We're not immune. We're not immune to fear. Fear comes against every one of us. But remember, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. So therefore, you know where the fears come from. You know the source of the fear. If God didn't give it to you, there's only one other source. 
God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to run around like an accident waiting for someplace to happen. You don't have to live with too much month at the end of the money. You can have a covenant with God. And Abraham took that word from God. He said, don't be afraid. I am your shield. And I am your exceeding great reward. We have two covenants in the Bible. We have the old covenant and we have the new covenant. We have the old deal and we have the new deal. Now, the new deal did not replace the old deal. It fulfilled the old deal. Now, I know preachers who say, well, I will not preach from the Old Testament because we have a a new and better covenant based on better promises. Yes, that's true. But it fulfills the old covenant. And you can't understand the Bible if you leave out the Old Testament. All 66 books of the entire Bible are relevant. I'm preaching out of Genesis today. You can't leave out Genesis because if you do, you leave out where you started from. And when you leave out where you started from, you're not ever going to know where you're going. Because we're going somewhere we haven't been before. Now that's what's been happening to me. I'm launching into some new territory in my life. Because we are in motion. You know, fish, fish, have, have, fish have to swim. If they don't swim, they can't live. It's the, it's the movement through the water that flushes water through the gills. So the fish can, can live. You take a fish out of water and you, you watch the gills. They're trying desperately to get water through there. Yeah, they have to be in movement. We have to be in movement or else we stagnate. And when we stagnate, we stink. And there's some stinking people. You know what I'm talking about. A few years before my father passed away, I went out to, to see him. He was living in Newport Beach just on the other side of the mountain. By the way, I want the, the California government to cut a new highway for me. Thank you for that applause. I don't want to have to go the 91. And I don't want to have to go on the Ortega. So when I get to the other side, I'm... I want one that's a tunnel that goes right through the hill. To where I can be at Newport Beach in 30 minutes. Or I want a helicopter. But my dad... When he stepped down as president of the university and I took over, he moved to Newport Beach. Left me in Oklahoma. How God have mercy. And laughed at me. Laughed and laughed and laughed. Got a little condominium, a little two-bedroom condominium with my mother. He did. And right on a golf course. Because he put a golf club in my hand when I was five years old. And, uh, and uh, he and I played thousands and thousands of matches over the years. First time I ever beat him, I was 14. He had said to me, you'll never beat me. I beat him when I was 14. I looked at him and said, you'll never beat me again. (laughs) And you know what? He didn't. (laughs) My faith was stronger than his. (laughs) Better way of saying it was I had a better swing. (laughs) But uh, my father loved to play golf. He loved to work all morning and half the afternoon and about three o'clock. He liked to go out and swing the golf club. And so during those years that he lived out here, he lived out here almost 20 years. Uh, during those years, uh, I would come out frequently, oh, eight, ten times a year, just for two or three days. And we would fellowship together and we would plan together on the ministry because he was still doing TV in those days. And we'd plan out television programs and I would share uh, the burdens of my heart and all that was going on in the university. And, and I would get wise counsel. It's good to get wise counsel. And, but, but always about three o'clock in the afternoon, we'd go out and, and play nine holes together. And uh, it was such a, such a great uh, father and son camaraderie between the two of us. And one day, just a few years before he died, we had gone out there in the afternoon about 3 o'clock. 
and we were driving the golf cart. I was driving because uh, my mother revoked his driving privileges when he was 75 <laughs> because he couldn't find a tree to miss. Uh, and my dad ran into everything. He ran into trees, he ran into cars, he ran into buildings. Uh, my dad was the world's worst driver. And Lindsay, if you're watching, I'm not taking after him. <laughs> um, never mind. <laughs> so we're, we're in the golf cart, and he said, pull over here. So I, I pulled over and stopped. And he reached over and put his hand on my leg, on my knee. And he said, son. Now, when Oral Roberts said son to me, I knew he was going to prophesy. Because he never used the word son unless he was going to prophesy. And in the last years of his life, he prophesied much more than the early years. He put his hand on my leg, right here on my knee, said son, and I knew a prophetic word was coming. He said, all of your adult Christian life, you have asked me and believed God for a double portion of my spirit. And I said, yes, that's right, Dad, because it's scriptural. Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit, and he got it. And God's no respecter of persons. Amen. If Elisha can get it, I can get it. Amen. He said, son, I'll be gone soon. And when I go, a double portion of my spirit will come upon you. He said, it is reserved specifically for you and for you only. And he said to me, the anointing of God is generational. It cannot be picked up by someone else. He said it went from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob, from Jacob to Joseph, on down the line. He said, when I die, many men will say, I have Oral Roberts anointing. He said, pay no attention to that when you hear it. He said, it is reserved 100% for you. He said, they can receive an impartation from me, but they cannot receive my mantle. Come on. That mantle is reserved for you and for you alone. He said, a double portion of my spirit will come. And he said, as a sign, as a sign unto you, after I die, the same spirit of God that moves down my right shoulder, right arm, and right hand, and shoots out my fingers when I pray for the sick, and has for many, many years, will come down your left shoulder, your left arm, and will shoot out the fingers on your left hand for healing, just like it did in, in my day. And I said to him, Dad, why my left arm and why your right arm? He said, it's very simple. I'm right-handed and you're left-handed. <laughs> Isn't God smart? He knows what he's doing. I've, I've always, he said, no, I notice when I watch you pray for people, you always favor your left hand. I said, yes, I'm left-handed. He said, notice when I pray for, pray for people, I always favor my right hand because I'm right-handed. And I can remember the days when he would not leave the hotel room to go to the crusade service until he felt that presence come into his right hand and right arm. And I would say to him, dad, why, why are we waiting? Sometimes we're 30 minutes late. He'd say, I'm not leaving the room until I feel this presence. And I would say, Dad, why? I was just a boy. Why, why, why? He said, because people are depending upon my prayers. Yeah. And I've got to have that anointing. And that's the sign that God gave me. And God will give you the same sign. And you'll know when it comes on you, you'll know it's time to pray for the sick. And he said, but the Lord's going to use you differently than he used me. He said, when that double portion comes on, you primarily will not lay hands on people as I have done, but the Lord will manifest the gifts of the Spirit, particularly the word of knowledge and the gifts of healing, and you will speak and fire will flow out of your hand as you stretch it across great crowds and in churches throughout America and among pastors. And that's the day that he began to say, you'll be in nations around the earth ministering to third world nation pastors, pastors who have no connection Pastors who are desperate for the power of the Holy Spirit. They're desperate for healing. In fact, many of them have no idea that healing is even possible. And you'll teach them on seed faith. That's all that happened that day. As we were getting ready to tee off on the golf course. And I don't remember what happened next because I was in a state uh, of shock. Having heard all of that from the Lord as that prophetic word came forth. And something happened to me that day. Not long after that, 
he went home to be with the Lord. Several months passed, and I was up in Canada preaching. And I was in my hotel room getting ready for the service. Had my Bible in my hand, when all of a sudden I felt this presence come into my left shoulder. And it began to come down my arm, and I, I looked, and I began to weep. It came down into my hand, and I felt fire shooting out of my hand. And I knew that the manifestation that was prophesied over me had happened. Went to the service that night, and there were miracles everywhere. And it's been growing and growing and growing. But there was a new level. We always think we've reached the top. Oh, there's much more. There's much more. We think we've arrived. We're just, we're just getting started. Moses didn't start his ministry until he was 80. I'm 71. I still have nine years before I start. My longtime friend, Pastor Hank Kuhneman, who had dinner with us the other night, along with Pastor Nancy and Pastor Morgan, there between services at the Copeland Convention, prophesied last week over me. He said, Richard, I see you at 90 years of age. I said, what color is my hair? <laughs> he said, not black. <laughs> Used to be black. Not black anymore. He said, I see you at 90. I see you strong in health, Amen. preaching and praying for the sick. Hallelujah. It did something to me. It, 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 it did something to me. And this week at Brother Copeland's convention, there was a, another level. There was another level of anointing. There was another level. And Brother Copeland said, I want you to tell those two stories about the fire in your hands. And I want you to tell about the double portion anointing. And I said, Brother Copeland, why? He said, because if, if you don't tell people, how do they know? And he reminded me of the story that Jesus said the, the, in Luke 4.18, the, the anointing of the Lord is upon me. He said, Jesus had to say it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal the sick, to preach, and so on. And he told me the story of Brother Hagin, when the Lord put two coals, like a fire, into his hands. And he said, Brother Hagin did not want to tell the people, but God said, you have to tell them, because if you don't tell them, how will they know? Reminds me of the scripture, how can they hear unless someone is sent? And Brother Copeland said, I want you to tell those two stories, and I did on Thursday night, and all heaven broke loose. Pastors from all over the world were there, some 2,000 of them. They began to stream to the front and give testimony of what God had done that night. There's a new level, but I've got good news. I don't have a corner on that new level. If that corner, if that level is for me, then it's also for you. You have not reached the pinnacle. You're on your way. Because you have a covenant with God. I have things in my life right now, and I'm sure you do as well. I'm saying, God, I have a covenant right for this thing to work out. I've got a covenant right for this project. I've got a covenant right for this project. I have a covenant right because I'm a tither. I'm checking every day to make sure I'm up to date on my tithe. And I'm in the offering stage. I have a covenant right. I have a covenant right for God to open me the windows of heaven and to pour me out a blessing so much so that there's not enough room to receive it. I've got a covenant right for him to rebuke the devourer for my sake because I'm a covenant man. I have a covenant with God. It's based on better promises. It does not eliminate the old. It fulfills the old and it's working in my life. And the good news is God is no respecter of persons. If it'll work in my life, it'll work in yours. With all the great future that God has for you. It'll work. Thank God for the covenant. Amen. Thank God America is making a move for God. Amen. Now I'm not just saying something out in the blue. I'm telling you, there's a move of the Holy Spirit in America. Something has happened in our country. Once again, America is supporting Israel. Two weeks ago, I heard the president say, we're going to put prayer back in schools. And he signed an executive order. Thank God. 
I don't care whether you voted for the man or not. God put him there. Prayer back in public schools now. They now can no longer say you can't pray in school. Somebody ought to give praise to the Lord. We got prayer back in school again. We got legislation coming to help stop abortion. The wholesale murder. America, wake up. This is not about personalities. This is about our country. Once again, nations are beginning to fear and have respect for the United States of America. Respecting our military, respecting our might. We're not on an apology tour. We're standing up for our nation. I'm proud to be an American. They want to criticize us around the world, but everyone wants to be one of us. Thank God. Covenant is about being all that God wants you to be. The founding fathers had that in mind. Yes, some of them were Christians and some of them were not. But God used every one of them. Just like God used Cyrus in the Bible. There's no evidence that Cyrus was a Christian, but he sure was favorable to Nehemiah. And rebuilding the city. Thank God. Thank God for our nation. Thank God for the covenant rights that we enjoy in this nation. Praise God for America. Stand up for our nation. Be strong in Jesus' name. Let's put men and women in office who will honor the Constitution and who will honor God. Praise God. I was in a, a meeting the other night with 8,000 evangelicals. How in the world I got there, I don't know. How I was invited, I'm not an evangelical. I, I'm a Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, spirit-filled, faith-believing, tithing Christian. I don't like labels. But I got invited. And I was sitting way over on the side, on the back, and someone came and got me. An usher came and got me and said, they want you on the front row. I said, glory to God. And I got up and moved. You know, God will make a way for you. If you just let your life shine, just be what God has called you to be. Stop trying to make it happen yourself. Let him make it happen. I didn't ask to preach with Brother Copeland. He asked me. I didn't write a note to him and say, I sure would be nice if you'd let me preach. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. A man, a woman's ministry will make way. Amen. If God's in you, he'll use you. Because we have a covenant with him. Amen. Thank God for the covenant. Amen. Thank God for the Jews. Yeah. We are grafted in by the faith of Abraham. Yeah. Thank God for the Jews. Yeah. Where would we be without our Judeo-Christian roots? Yeah. Thank God for Abraham. Thank God for a man who said, yes, God, I'll do it. Thank God for Moses. Thank God for Caleb and Joshua. Give me this mountain, Lord. Thank God. And that's the kind of strength that we need in this nation. That's what God's looking for. Because people out there are dying, sighing, crying, going to hell in a handbasket. And they're looking for somebody that's got miracles. They're looking for miracles. Praise God. And the good news is God is the God of the miraculous. I have three things I want to say to you that I'm going to close. I'm going to pray for you. Number one, healing is real. You might want to write that down. Healing is real. It's just as real as rain. Healing is real. Second, healing is relevant. With all the great hospitals, and thank God for them, with all the tremendous doctors and physicians, with all the medicines that are being discovered, with all the diagnostic equipment being advanced every day, people seem to be sicker than they've ever been. Healing is relevant today. And number three, healing is for you. Healing is real. Healing is relevant. And healing is for you. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on us. That same spirit it's upon you. It's upon me. And it's time for us to stand up, as Lindsay would say, if she were here, and take our seat of authority. Yes. Begin to lift your voice in the spirit. Lift your voice. 
Shoshtina na kasabra ka. Lift your voice. Shina da na kasiti ata na kasobro koso yatsambra. Lift your voice in the spirit. People here suffering in your back and you need healing. Stand up if you do. Suffering in your back. Pain in your back. Stand up. Yes, many of you. It's a day for healing. We don't have to wait. Healing is real. Healing is relevant. Healing is for you. God's not getting any glory out of you suffering in your back. The other night in Fort Worth, there were so many ministers who testified that when we prayed, healing came into their back. And there was such rejoicing in that place. Someone who's next to them, reach out and touch them right now. In the, whoo, here it comes. In the name, it's like a wave. It's like a wave of healing coming right through the building on this side. It's just permeating every back. In the name of Jesus, every back pain, come out! You foul, tormenting pain in the disc, in the vertebra, in the, in the, the lower part of the shoulders, in the upper part of the back, in the lower part of the back, all the way down to the tailbone. In the name of Jesus, every pain, come out! Hallelujah. Somebody's going to be able to move freely now. There's warmth. There's healing. I felt that fire shoot out of my hand as I began to pray. Somebody's going to be able to move freely now and find the pain is gone. You'll be able to move freely now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who has need of healing in your shoulders? Stand up. Who cannot lift your shoulders without pain? Who has pain in your shoulders? There were so many ministers were crying the other night, testifying, look, Richard, look, I can move it all the way back here. I've not been able to lift any higher in here. Now, remember, Pastor Nancy, oh, I'm all the way up here now. And one, one pastor said, I could get it up this far, and that was it. But now, look, yeah. that's what God's going to do this morning. Anybody else have need of healing in your shoulder or, 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 or in your hips or in your knees? Anyone attacked by arthritis? Anything of that nature? Or in the feet or the ankle, the knee, the hip, the joints, the bones. Osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, anything of that nature that's attacking your body. Or rheumatoid arthritis, anything of that nature. Any pain that you have in a joint or a bone or a muscle. Any atrophying or anything like that. Someone lay your hands on them right now. Lord, even as this, I feel this fire shooting out of my hand right now. In the name of Jesus. I take authority over every shoulder, every hip, every knee, every ankle, every foot, every bone, every muscle, every sinew of every tissue. In the authority of Jesus' name, pain come out, even in the fingers and the carpal tunnel syndrome. Did I not say, I hear the Lord saying, I will make the crooked places straight. In Jesus' name, be healed. Fire in the name of Jesus. For healing, healing in your shoulder. Uh -huh, there it comes in the shoulders now. Someone will be able to move your shoulder and lift it all the way up now. Healing in knees now, the ballooning, the swelling going down now. Someone will be able to lift your knee without any pain. You'll find you're able to walk uh, normally and climb stairs again in the name of Jesus. Ankles being healed right now, feet and toes and fingers. People not been able to open and close their hand without pain or discomfort that's leaving now in the name of Jesus. Let's just give Father, let's give the Father the praise of Lord right now. Healings in backs, healings in shoulders, healings in hips, healings in knees, healings in feet, healings in fingers, healings in bone and muscles and joint, every disc and every vertebra. Line up! With this healing prayer, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Ha, 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 ha. Cataract, cataract, cataract. Somebody with a cataract, stand up. Problem with your eyes, stand up right now. Problem with your eyes, eyes, stand up for healing. Loss of hearing. You need, you need healing in your hearing, stand up. And healing in your blood pressure, stand up. Healing in your blood sugar, stand up. Healing in your heart, stand up. Healing in some other organ, your kidney, your liver, colon, lower tract, digestion, pancreas, lungs, something like that. Healing in your breathing. You need healing in your breathing, in your sinuses, in your bronchial tubes, from asthma, emphysema, whatever it is. You need healing. Stand up. In the, aha, here comes healing now. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, it's like.
fire. It's like, it's like fire just shooting out of my hand. In the name of Jesus, I send that healing word to you in the Jesus. I send that word to you right now in Jesus' name for healing. Healing, healing, healing. Every heart beat normally. No more arrhythmia. No more skipping of beats. Every valve be healed. Blood flow unrestricted through every vein, every artery, every capillary in your body. Heart beat normally. Blood sugar and blood pressure regulate. Come down, come up. Come down, come up, come down, come up. Come down to the normal level. Come up to the normal level. Blood pressure, blood sugar, be healed in the name of Jesus. Lungs, put your hand on your chest if it's your lungs. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the breathing problem, the asthma, the emphysema, the bronchitis, the effects of the sinuses, the, the, the drainage down the throat. Come out in the name of Jesus. And there it goes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's leaving now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit is flowing right now in Jesus' name. Eyes and hearing, eyes and hearing. Cataract, glaucoma, blurred vision. Come out. I send that word to you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hearing, be restored. Your station tube, eardrum, open up. A burst of hearing comes into an ear now. In the name of Jesus. Every cancer who has diagnosed of cancer or someone in your family, in the name of Jesus, stand up. I rebuke the attack of cancer. Cancer in the bone. Cancer in the breast. Cancer in the, in the skull, in, in the head. Cancer in the organs. Cancer in the blood cancer in the skin come out in Jesus name the fire of the Holy Spirit moving right now in Jesus name thank you father burn out every trace of cancer every trace of cancer you foul tormenting cancer you come out in Jesus mighty name hallelujah hallelujah everyone standing for a moment everyone standing everyone standing for a moment turn and face someone lay hands on them begin to pray over them the Bible says pray one for another that you may be healed turn and pray for someone right now wrap your arms around them lay your hands on them put your arm around them touch them tell the devil to take his dirty rotten stinking filthy hands off remind the devil they belong to God they don't belong to you. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh, there's a mass that's dissolving right now. There's a mass. You've been diagnosed with a mass in your body. And it's dissolving right now. Every mass, every growth, every tumor, come out. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for healing. Now begin to lift your hands and give God praise. Give God praise for what's happening. Give Him praise. Give Him honor for what's happening right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I praise you. I give you honor. I give you glory. Thank you for the manifestation of healing. Thank you. It's our time for healing. It's our covenant divine right. For Jesus went to the cross. Not only to cut a new covenant in his shed blood for the remission of sin, but he took 39 stripes on his back for your healing and for mine. He didn't do it just to see what would happen. He knew what would happen. He took authority. He took the keys of hell and death. He became our sacrifice and he took on every sickness and disease that you and I might be healthy, whole, healed in every area of our lives. And Father, I praise you now. I lift my hands. I give you honor. I give you glory. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Who knows? Who knows? Who knows you're being healed today? You know it. Put your hand up. You can tell there's a healing happening. I mean, you know for sure that God's healing you. What you had when you came in is gone. Is gone. If that's you, wave your hand at me. If you know, come down here quickly. Come down here. Come down here. Come down here. Step out in the aisle. Come down here. If you know you've had a healing, up here and line up across the front. 
Line up. I mean, if you know, if you know, if you know, there's no doubt. When we prayed, God touched you and you can tell something's different and you know for sure. Get down here right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at the, look at look, look at them coming. Look at them coming. Pastor, could I have a hand mic? Morgan, would you do what Brother George did the other night? Would you start over in that end? Tell tell the people what God just did. Uh, my knees. Both your knees. knees. Yeah. What was wrong with your knees? Um, weakness and arthritis. How can you tell there's a difference? Because I can move them. Because <laughs> you can move them. That's a good yeah. way to know, isn't it? If you can move your knees and you couldn't move them, that's a good way to know. What happened? What happened? I had bronchitis for a couple months and I was still having trouble breathing this morning when I came in and I can feel that I can breathe normal. Today. Take a deep breath now. Good California air. <laughs> no humidity. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you don't live where I live where I get 110 in the summer with 150% humidity? Goodness gracious, is it hot where I live. But it's cold now. What happened? I've had pain in my back for about two or three years now. Just not a really bad pain, but just when I move. Like nagging? Yeah. And it's been getting worse up and down and I, it's barely there now. I fell out of my seat when you laid your hand towards you, my way. You fell out of your seat? I fell into my seat. I fell out. And oh, you fell out in your seat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got that. I fell down and now it's barely there. Oh, now you fell down. I just fell out. You fell down and out. Oh, I'd rather you be up and out than down and out. I can tell you that. Well, the most important thing is the pain gone. It's, it's oh, going. glory to it's God. Going. Hallelujah. What happened? I had constant pain in my back, standing. It's unbearable sometimes. And when uh, people laid hands on my back, it left my body. I'm painless right now. Praise it God. The Lord gave me a four-word acronym for the word pain. P-A-I-N. What is pain? Persistently, aggravated, intense, nagging. That's pain. It's persistent. It's agonizing. It's intense. And it nags at you. That's pain. And Jesus came to remove the pain. Amen. What happened? I had lower back pain right here at my lower right back. And I felt really nice heat when people started praying. You felt heat? Yeah. Is the pain gone? Yes. It hurt to walk. It yes. hurt to walk? Yeah. This Does it hurt to walk now? No. No pain? Yeah. Praise God. What, what happened when we prayed? I had lower back pain and now it's gone. Look how the back's being healed. And what? I, had, I just lower back pain and now it's gone. It's gone? Mm -hmm. How long have you had it? Since the 17th of Friday. Since when? The 17th. The, fr the 17th? January 17th. I thought you said since the 70s. You, honey, no. you, you weren't alive in the 70s. I was. <laughs> what happened to you when we prayed? The backs. Is the pain gone? Yes, sir. What happened to you when we prayed? I had arthritis and I had bone spurs in my hands. Bone spurs in your fingers and yes. your hands? This one especially. Can you open them up? Yes. Pain's gone? All gone. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And what? These are and those are? Brothers and sisters. Prayer requests? Yes. Uh, just diagnosed with yeah. cancer. Jesus' name. Can I hold them for a minute? I'll bring them back to you. What happened? I was having sinus drainage, and when you prayed, the, I just had the constant urge to cough, and I didn't have it anymore. It's gone. Mm -hmm. What happened when we prayed? My shoulder has been bothering me for about a month, just like you said, persistent pain. And when you said the fire was coming out of your hands, I just felt, I felt the heat. it. I, I just felt it shooting out of my hand. The heat just—it's still there. It's just it's still the there. Heat, the heat just going can you through. can you move it freely? Yes, I can. Gone? Yes. Oh, praise God! Praise God! I still feel the heat. It's you still through. feel it's the still heat. Going through my I'm still feeling it too. <laughs> <laughs> what happened when we prayed? My whole back. Um, I've had problems in the lower, and I felt that fire. You felt it. Yeah. Pain's gone. Pain's gone. Oh, what happened? <laughs> what happened when we prayed? Uh, I had pain in my wrist and in my fingers, and I felt just it almost drain out. Just like the pain just just drained, drained out. Yes. Like somebody took the cap off and it just drained <laughs> out. Hallelujah! What happened when we prayed? It was actually like the same sensation. I had pain in my knees and pain in my hips, and actually when you said that, there was an adjustment in my hips, and it also affected my back as well, which I didn't know my back was out, but it was out, and now I feel a lot more free. So praise God, there's no pain whatsoever.
It's all gone. Hallelujah. A Holy Ghost adjustment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What happened when we prayed? I was diagnosed with low, low blood pressure and low blood sugar with this pregnancy, and I was feeling dizzy, and I feel great. I feel absolutely wonderful. No more dizziness? No more dizziness. Go have that baby. No weakness, yes. In nine months? Yes. Okay. Let's make sure we get that right. What What? What? You, what happened? Well, I just got out of the emergency room last night because my husband's been acting up, and I was short of breath and looking at the time, like, gosh. In the, at the emergency room last night? Yeah, just last night. 9.30, I got released. My ass was acting up and the wife forced me to actually go in so they didn't give me a steroid shot. But even this morning, I was kind of short of breath. She's like, no, don't look out of the way again out of church. You're going. And right now, I can breathe with no problem. My ass is pumping all over in the car right now. Yeah, I'm going to see what, what happened to these young men right here. What happened? What happened when we prayed? Um, uh, my knee's been really hurting bad, my left knee. And when you prayed, uh, I felt warm in my knee, and now I can fully extend it. You fully extended. Now it's hurting you. you. Sure looks sharp in that coat and tie. Thank you. And what happened to you when we prayed? Um. <laughs> Whatever it was, it happened. His left foot was tight. Left foot. Is the pain gone? Yes. Well, that's the most important thing. What happened when we prayed? I was dealing with some allergies and sinuses, sinus issues, and a lot of drainage, and. Um, after you gave that word about yelled your lungs and stuff, I could take a full breath out of both nostrils and just breathe easily without having to struggle or thank God. anything. Thank God. Thank God. Lift your hands and give praise to the Lord. Thank you, Father. 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 We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God for a church like World Harvest where the gifts of the Spirit are allowed freely to flow. Thank God for Pastor Nancy and all the ministerial staff. Thank God for everyone here that has such an openness to the Holy Spirit. Don't ever change. Don't ever change. Just keep moving forward. Why? Because you have a covenant with God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have a covenant with God. Tell them it's my Bible right. I have a covenant with God. Tell them I'm going up, 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 up. I'm not going down, 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 down. I'm going up, up, up. Tell them I'm going up, 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 up in Jesus' name. Now somebody put your hands together and give praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.